0: And I'll be in your ears every week, dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody? It's Johnny King with another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. And I'm stoked to have a new friend, another brother from from another mother, so to speak, in the house in the virtual studio. Donovan Owens, dude, you are uh, just from what I've been reading about your story, just your energy, which is what I kind of I gravitated towards when we were in the gym together. Anyways, it's just like you're you're a beast, not only physically but even more so emotionally. Uh, I can tell that you have. I can just tell you have a good story. You've come a, a long, a long way from what it sounds like you you were as a child. You know, as a younger adult. So I'm just excited to have you here, sure. man. So thanks for for taking time to be on. For sure man, I appreciate you having me and I could tell the same thing when we connected in in
1: that workout. We had that that 2 minute session together and I was like, all right, yes. this is this is the kind of guy that that I could spend <laughs> some time with. And then you ended up asking me, you know, about being on the podcast. Yeah. Yes. The answer is yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, it's always yes. And 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 I guess maybe not surprisingly, um energetically we have a lot a lot of things in common and then our stories have have some similarities for sure Sure. in terms of uh some of the things that we've been through so i will say um and i feel like and correct me if i'm wrong before i read your story i wouldn't have necessarily associated you know your past to who you show up as as Mm -hmm. you are today so it's it's clearly fruits of the labor that you put into yourself but when you talk a lot about on your websites and your programs unrecognizable excellence i can tell you live that through and through because again from your story which i'd like to get into it's like how did that guy become this guy that i'm talking to Mm. right now you know when like i think a lot of guys just get stuck in that and then they play out the rest of their lives as a victim or less than or whatever so would you say that's uh an accurate assessment
1: it's an accurate assessment and I appreciate that you see it that way because that is what unrecognizable excellence is about. Like you just yeah. said it like how did that guy become this guy? Totally. That that is unrecognizable excellence and so there's uh I have discovered over the years of a lot of personal development that there is a process to be able to get to that and um I I needed the man I was in order to make that happen.
0: Yeah, what but what uh what was the initial if there was an an initial catalyst? How did you even discover personal development? How do you discover Mm -hmm. that there was even a way to kind of hack fulfillment or happiness or growth coming from where you were, you know? And like I said, I'd like to get into that, but what was that? Uh, Was there someone, was there a mentor? Was there a book? Was there a moment where you're like, oh shit, your eyes were open to like, I can actually turn this ship around. Actual conscious
1: recognition of it came when I started my own business or got into like real do entrepreneurship in mm. like 2007 2008 mm. it's like okay i had this big ambition i had this thing i want to do how do i do it so i started researching online getting into courses all these things that naturally you get led to oh here's all the things you can do to make yourself <laughs> you know a, a yeah. better person and yeah. there were some good things out there uh once i became conscious of that personal development world part of me realized like i had been receiving personal development messages here for Mm. a lifetime. Like I remember Mm. being looking back as a kid and being like my intuition has guided me through a lot of different things. Mm. So we can get more into that stuff, but that's once I became conscious, that was around 2007, 2008. And then after that, it kind of opened up this whole world of realizing it's always been there, but there's just information you can receive to help it along.
0: Were you always a really ambitious kid teenager growing up or like what, what was the influence of that was that from like parents or someone else yeah. I was uh the defining moment for that with
1: me was there was this bike I wanted when I was nine years old yeah and I remember it was a dyno black bike it had the pegs <laughs> on it, and it had the mag wheels and I loved riding bikes and jumping heels and all that kind of stuff cool. cool. and so my dad took me shopping one day and I saw this bike I was like dad I want that bike it was like 180 bucks Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, you want that bike? Let me, I'm going to show you how to get that bike. You're going to work. And so he said, here's all the types of things you can do. And I got busy mowing yards was my thing. So I started walking the neighborhood, knocking on doors saying, Hey, I'll mow your yard. And I saved up enough money to buy that bike. And that was the thing that hit me. It's like, Oh, okay. You can provide value for somebody. They'll pay you for it. And you can get what you want Mm -hmm. Uh, as far as like material items. Mm -hmm. and uh that was the the door that
0: opened right there yeah did you you have did you grow up and uh, having a solid relationship with your dad or what was that like
1: so interesting story there is that my biological father was murdered when i was less than two years old oh shit dude so i didn't i didn't know him right i learned of that story later on which i'm if it had to happen that way, I'm glad it was when I was younger, because you can imagine, I can only imagine what effect that would have on an older, an older yeah. young man. Yeah, right. So my mom got into another great relationship by the time I was two, 1980,
2: right? Mm.
1: And um, he happens to be a white male. She <laughs> was a black female who already had yeah. two black kids. Yeah. And then, so that's dad. He he raised us, right? So uh, it's pretty at, honorable. Your, you can imagine in 1980, like that's not the, that was not the norm, right. To be in a biracial relationship. And yeah. But um, so, yeah, we always had a solid relationship. He was always there. He showed me what love looked like as far as him loving my mom and through, Mm. through it all, Mm. I always felt like we had what we needed. So uh, we didn't grow up rich, but I never felt like we were poor, but now I can look back and say, there was probably some moments where we were pretty poor, but I never felt like we were lacking anything. Yeah. And so,
0: yeah, I grew up in a pretty good environment. That's pretty huge. I mean, that's a, a big foundation that I feel like. And I ask, obviously, just because as I'm sure you see um, in your work too, but don't want to put words in your mouth. I just noticed that whether it be men or women that I've worked with over the last 13 years or whatever, um, a lot of times there's some sort of dysregulation, something like that, that has, you know, it's birthplace in an unhealthy or imbalanced upraising with your mom's not there or dad's not there or they're there, but they're not emotionally there or there's something that uh, that's struggling in that, obviously that foundation of, of growing up. And so I do feel like that's, you know, a massive gift that you were given in terms of having, you know, and and I'm sure they did the best they could and they weren't, perfect by any means but just to have them you know have him uh take you guys on as as his own is is a pretty cool gift to have a a male role model around growing up you know yeah no doubt and 44 years later they're still married and that's still dead that's amazing that's really cool that's really really cool that's a that's a beautiful thing sorry to hear about your biological dad that's i appreciate that yeah i mean my mom passed away at a early age uh 61 you know i got 26 years with her but still mm. even twist 26 years and even having her around i still feel like i was gypped if you will to some regard of like wanting to connect with her as an adult you know I imagine and that. yeah you know like I, my heart goes out to you in terms of like yeah it just would have been cool to to know your dad you know and yeah uh, right to have those conversations with dad so, of course, of course, and now
1: I know in his story, like I know a lot of things about him. We have some very similar kind of traits, mostly in the kind of the rebellious side of life. And so, <laughs> Is that, right? that That came out in my teenage years, but that, uh, yeah, it, it would have been cool to have some conversations and to see what he was all about. And hopefully, he would have grown by the time we could have connected in that way. But totally. life happens, life happens the way it does, and I don't question it.
0: Well, it's a good segue, though. Then tell, tell those that are listening a little bit more about like what, where did things start to go awry? Where, where did the rebelliousness happen in your teens or mm. where, where did it eventually lent itself to that fateful morning or that evening? I forget when you were questioning everything.
1: Ah, okay. So well, we have to go back a little bit. So yeah in high school, um let's go back in middle school. I was, I was an athlete, right? I yeah. grew up playing baseball and middle school. I got into football in between there, there was a lot of, um, you know, I was very competitive, athletic in a lot of things. I would say popular enough. Right. But yeah. when you get into high school, that stuff gets taken to a new level. Right. Like how popular yeah. can you get? Um, <laughs> you know, how many friends do you have? What group are you part of? And that, yeah. and that type yeah. of stuff. And I, I felt that like I felt like I was searching for an identity um, when I really didn't need to. I think I was fine. You know. Yeah. yeah. But. So I got into uh, playing football in high school, was doing really well at that. And then discovered girls, drugs, those types of things that become mm-hmm. distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, Ended up three months before I was set to graduate high school, dropping out because there was an incident that happened and they wanted to put me in a special course. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'll just drop out because I knew everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. my mom, the woman of faith that she is, Snatched me up and said, no, Mm. son, you're not doing that. I'm shipping you off to South Carolina to go live with your aunt and uncle. And Mm. luckily they took me in. I finished school there and uh, got my driver's license there and all the things that, you know, little small rites of passage that show that you're growing up a little bit. And they ended up coming back home about a year later, got straight back into the same group of friends, Mm. um, got into some gang activity, got into some really, uh, close call situations that you know I could have died several times so I was just in this rebellious state that took a little while to get out of and what really helped me was um a woman I was with at the time got pregnant
2: mm.
1: and had had my first child mm. and uh she's 25 now but I had mm-hmm. my first child and that didn't change me immediately but I'm sure it planted a seed and it started to grow
2: yeah.
1: in me that okay there's there's some kind of manhood that needs to happen here because there's a responsibility greater than yourself
2: Mm -hmm. that you need to
1: pay attention to but it took a little bit of unraveling to get there right yeah i still wanted to go out and drink with my friends after work i still wanted to go out and and party on the weekend and those things were there and i had so over time um you know i ended up having my second kid uh with the woman i married at the time and um you know, so she's 24 now. So they were pretty close together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And after that, I was like, all right, I got to make some changes here. So I started being more structured, mm-hmm. got into discipline, started working, started making a little bit of money. Uh, fast forward, you know, the relationship with with uh, my ex-wife didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And we ended up getting divorced after being married for 13 years. Mm-hmm. And that moment right there was when I questioned the value that I was coming to the world with as a man like mm. am i a good dad did i try everything i could i could during the marriage uh, all these things right because i wanted to be the best man possible like every man wants to show up as the greatest version of himself but yeah. i didn't know how to do that at the time so i yeah. questioned it and so it did lead to one day me sitting on the edge of my bed in an empty house staring at a blank wall And just questioning, do I even want to live? Mm -hmm. Right? Is there is there any point in going on? So I had my my nine millimeter pistol sitting right next to me. Right? I wasn't holding it; it was sitting next to me by my leg. And there was this moment where I put my hand down on it, so there there would be less action I had to take if I decided I was going to do this. Mm -hmm. And um, something happened in that quiet space, and I'm so grateful that it did because there was this out-of-body experience that happened where I could see both of my daughter's eyes. Hmm. And then this word came floating down through my brain into my heart. And the word was gratitude. Hmm. So I was like, "What, what does this mean? What is this trying to teach me? And it's trying to teach me that life's greatest filter is gratitude. No matter what you're going through, if you can run it through gratitude, there's a lesson that you'll be taught that you can use to accelerate yourself to whatever your next step is. So it was like a big light opened up at that moment. I was so grateful to be alive. And that's the moment that I realized that creating space and quiet time is the really the only way to get access to hearing yourself and understanding these messages and this guidance system that we have. And so that led to deeper personal development and me growing and doing a lot of inner work from that point.
0: Mm. So it sounds like uh, having your daughters, daughters, you said, right? Two daughters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In many regards, saved your life because they had you, like you said, plan to seed kind of push you towards like, uh, if not for myself, I got I to gotta step up into a greater level of manhood for them at least right no doubt and kept you from from maybe exiting this human experience too early so no that's doubt cool. I, I think they were the kind of the the foundation that i saw and then
1: mm-hmm. on top of that right was i gotta take care of you gotta take care of you too like you're important you're you're yeah. a hero here and you're here for a reason to yeah make yourself the hero and come do the work you're supposed to do yeah yeah There's still value there
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and something you said there made me uh remember something I saw on one of your websites that's like the uh if I remember correctly, the number one threat to manhood is uh distraction or something that's like what? that, right? Yes, sir. Which yes, makes me think sir. of the the war of art by Stephen Pressfield behind you, which is like distraction is fucking resistance, it's it's like Anything to keep us from our purpose, you know, and it's so it's no wonder that so many guys are just lost and myself included when I was trying to figure my shit out and went through my divorce, you know, sound like maybe sure. you had a very similar, you know, experience in, in some regards back. When did you kind of uh, stumble upon discover that whole theme of just how much distraction robs men of their manhood? Uh, it was during
1: that. Four or five years that I was single after the divorce and before I got into my next relationship, I I did Mm. a lot of inner work there and realized that there was so there's so many things I could be doing and and could be part of. And, you know, people I could be around and. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it was non-essential and it it wasn't feeding the mission that this master, my mastery messages were guiding me towards. And so there was a constant conflict there. And that's where a lot of turmoil came in with me. Is like, Be willing to let go of the non-essential to create space for everything I'm trying to move you toward. Mm -hmm. And so I would say before I made the decision to get into uh, my next committed relationship, I had done the work to say, all right, here's how I'm going to operate now as a man. I had revamped my own lifestyle operating system, uh, implemented some focus points that If my focus gets fractured at any moment, I can go back and be like, okay, I know know where I need to go, Mm. right? So it's this toolbox that I constantly have with me. And yeah, so those were pivotal years for me, you know, being single for a while and just being willing to look at myself in the mirror and say, what is the greatest version of yourself? Define all the traits for that and then start being that. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What's the, the toolbox that you talk about? What, what are those things that you rely on routinely to keep yourself from accepting less than in your life? Mm. So, OK, if you'll give me a little while to riff here, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll come yeah, around to your
2: please. question. But I feel like please. we mentioned
1: something earlier that I want to build context with this. OK, totally, totally. So I do feel like for men, distraction is life's biggest villain. Totally. And um, societal conditioning is the number one distraction. And that's a big thing, right? There's a whole system involved there, but there's a lot Mm -hmm. of subsystems inside that societal conditioning. And so it kind of breaks down like this, right? You have your school system, right? That's system number one, which is valuable to a certain point. And then some people of course need more schooling than others, but it's not, it's not for everybody. Like the extended school period is not for everybody. So after the school system, you then you have this debt system. Come on into our debt system. Let's get you indoctrinated into this. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get into that debt system, well, you better get a job. So you get into this nine to five system, which is mm-hmm. I call it the overworked system now because it's not nine to five anymore. Everybody's connected so much so that your boss is buying you an iWatch uh, I and all the things that can keep you connected so that when <laughs> right. they call you after hours, you're available. Mm-hmm. So you get into this overworked system, right? Well, now you're in the overworked system. You better be part of the happy hour system so you can feel the other side of being overworked. Mm -hmm. Right? So you get into this happy hour system, right? (laughs) which turns out to be a lot of drinking, maybe some other drugs, a lot of complaining about all the things you don't like in life. And then you get into, well, I don't really feel like cooking. I'm overworked. I'm stressed. uh, I'm a little intoxicated. Well, how about this fast food system? We got it right here. We built it for you. It's right here. Just jump right on in. It's nice and easy. Drive through. Don't even have to get out of the car. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, now you're fat and unhealthy. Come on into our medication system. Mm-hmm. Got that for you. We we built it for you. It's perfect. Whatever you need. We got it right. Get into the medication system and then maybe mental health gets a little off. Uh, you need something to kind of like use your energy toward maybe you want to fight for one side or the other well come on into the political system we got that for mm-hmm. you like there's one side against the other just just unleash all your drama right here mm-hmm. then you're in the political system and then you realize oh all right let me use my energy somewhere else well how about the media system we got a media system set up for you we can you can use all of your attention there
2: right mm-hmm.
1: okay? and then once you have a full week of that stuff right monday through friday Oh, well, you need to, you need a break, right? So come on into the, uh, let's, let's let it all loose on the weekend system. Mm-hmm. Mm, you know how that goes, right? Mm-hmm. All you got to do is watch the commercials and see all the happy people who are doing that. Look at the beer commercials, look at all the things and you can see how to let loose on the weekend just to be lethargic on Monday to try to do yeah. it all over again. Yeah. 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 You see what's happening here. Yeah. And now more than ever, those systems are just pulling people in and there's more anxiety. There's more depression. There's more people who more men, especially who have kind of lost their ambition and their drive to do the things that they know they've been called to do. And so I saw this and I looked back on my own life and I saw, even though that was, you know, a little while back, there was still these systems in place that were available to me and I didn't hmm. want any part of those. And so I wanted to create my own system. And that's where I got busy creating this lifestyle operating system, which gives me four focus points, right? And those four focus points are power pillar number one is um, strong self, right? That involves my fitness, my nutrition, my mindset. Mm -hmm. Power pillar number two is real relationships, Mm. right? And I would throw the word real in there because there's a lot of different ways to be connected to people. But they're not all real. And some of them are detrimental to be connected in. And we have to realize that. So real relationships are really important. All right. That's your your family, your friends, your intimate relationship. And then power pillar number three, worthwhile work, Hmm. worthwhile work, not just any work. Sometimes in the beginning, you have to do any work just to get started. But I believe every man should be focused on the mission of what it, what his worthwhile work is. It doesn't mean you have to be an entrepreneur, but get into something that is worthwhile and fills you up and fires you up every day to get up and give your energy to. Totally. totally. Okay? And then power pillar number four is amazing adventure. And I feel like so many men are missing this because we get into this cycle of Let me make the money. Let me make the money, make the money. And oh, I upgraded my lifestyle. Now I got too many bills. Mm. Let me make more money, make more money. And just we forget about strong self. We forget about adventure. We destroy Mm. relationships. Mm. See what I mean? So three of the pillars are off because we're so focused on what society has taught us is the number one thing. And so that's that's all I focus on is those four pillars. Anything outside of that is non-essential and falls off. The answer is no.
0: I think that's pretty, uh, pretty profound and obviously it resonating too from the standpoint of like, yeah, it's a system that kind of chews you up and spits you out to some degree um, <laughs> depending on how much it chews you up and uh, whether you extract yourself. It kind of, I, I just think of it as kind of like the matrix, you know, Yeah, and you're, serious. you're, you're kind of just going through it as a, uh, just a, a cog in the wheel, so to speak. Mm. But then, uh, and it's just designed to kind of create dependency. It sounds like, right? Um, and one one of them feeds off the other, and off the other, off the other. And men who are without a great sense of, you know, work and purpose and drive and adventure, then they find uh, those things in the forms of porn, or arguing about politics online, or just doing stuff that is such a waste you know of their god-given gifts right and it impacts okay. their relationships and their sense of self right so that's pretty that's pretty cool i really love that uh yeah kind of like how you backed up to obviously give us the context of seeing how that's robbing men and let's be honest women just all of us who are no doubt not conscious um and so for you speaking of kind of like not being conscious you said there was kind of a sounds like there was a a pivot point from when you're unconscious to then waking up. Was that done during those five years? Is my first question. Or when did that kind of consciousness wake up? And then the second question part, same part of that same question is like, what was some of the work that you were doing over that? Like those five years of really kind of, Mm. yeah. Waking back up and and reestablishing who you truly want to, to show up as in your life.
1: Those two things lead into each other perfectly. So yeah. the wake up moment was that moment that I sat with my gun and, and contemplated what it would feel okay. like just to or what it would be like to just end it all. And yeah. then having that gratitude and that light kind of shine and be like, no, bro, no, you you are way too valuable. You got people here who are depending on you to be this great man totally. that you are. You just need totally. to start to fill these buckets up that you have inside you. So mm. that, was the, the that was the pivot moment. point. And then. At that point, I had to decide okay, I had to do some work. What are the traits of the greatest version of yourself? Even if you're not there yet, what are those traits? I had to write those down so I could see them, right? I had to make a list of what are all the forms of resistance you're going to face as you pursue this man? Because if you don't understand the resistance and the obstacles that are going to come, Then you're you're going to succumb to thoughts, feelings, emotions, circumstances, and you're going to be like a tennis ball and people are just hitting you back and forth. You have no you have no idea where you're going. Totally. And so. I wanted to have that control, so I need to understand my resistance. I need to know what it looked like to be the greatest version of myself. And then I had to decide I had to create two lists. And one of those lists was what are all the things that are working for me right now, Mm. which was a small list at that time. Yeah. And what are all the things that are not working for me right now? And then look at the list of things that are not working for me right now and make a conscious decision about how uncomfortable am I willing to get to start eliminating these things? Mm. And I couldn't do the whole list at once, right? I could have tried, but that's a recipe for failure. But I identified two to three at a time that I could go to work on. We're like, oh, okay, you, you've been eating out a lot. You like to eat out a lot, right? You're yeah. ordering Domino's yeah. pizza. You're doing all these things. And so I started eliminating that, removing myself from that system. Okay, Mm. Um, and so I went through the entire list like that. And then what happened is, as that list started to get smaller, the list of things that were working for me started to grow. Mm -hmm. Right. The law Mm -hmm. of polarity. So Mm -hmm. uh, that started to grow and. After I realized those were working for me, I started doubling down on those things. Oh, my fitness, man. When I do my fitness, I feel powerful. All right. Don't stop doing that. You got to keep that up, right? Mental work, intentional quiet time is what I call it. A lot of people call it meditation. I feel like that makes it a little bit intimidating and not accessible for a lot of men who are just getting into this thing. So Mm -hmm. I call it intentional quiet time. Just sit somewhere and be quiet. So I bought a special chair just for that and cool. so i sat in that chair i committed to 2 minutes a day and as long as i sat in that chair for 2 minutes um with the intention of just breathing and visualizing that greatest version of myself mm-hmm. then i could see every day that i was starting to get there i was starting mm-hmm. to become that man um so those are some of the the main steps right um but also getting getting into repairing some relationships that i hadn't really connected with or that i had damaged um you know, being honest with other people in my life like my clients at the time who didn't know I was going through that stuff. Right. Cause Mm. I was just, I just suppressed everything and held it down, even though they probably knew something was off. Right. Cause you can't, when you have that much going on, you don't, you think you're hiding it, but people know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I came out one day at, at a session I was putting on and I just, it's just all came out. I was like, Hey, look, y'all don't know. Y'all helped (laughs) me through this thing that I've been going through. And all of them were like, why didn't you just tell us, Like, we love you. And I was like, Oh, okay. So talking, talking helps.
2: Yeah. So I started talking,
1: talking to more people who you can't just talk to anybody. Right. So I started talking to people who are valuable in my life about Mm. things that I knew I could share with them. Um, So that's some of the work that took place over the five years. And uh, when I got into what I thought was going to be, you know, my relationship, which I'm in now, I really sat down and went back over all those things that I had written down as my lifestyle operating system. And ask myself, am I where I need to be in order to be valuable to somebody else this way? Mm. Because, because it's important for me to show up. Yeah. And um, I realized that I was. And it, it was an amazing feeling. Like, I don't really need to change anything else because I'm okay on my own, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. peaceful on my own. I can stand on my own just fine. Mm-hmm. And so I know if I'm that kind of man, I can bring a lot to somebody else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: uh, it helped me to attract somebody who was that exact same way. That's pretty dope. That's really cool um, and rewarding to know that, you know, I think for a lot of guys who maybe are in the thick of it, they're in their five years or whatever, however long it takes. I think sometimes it, it it can feel like the it's getting darker before the dawn, you know, and it can feel no, yeah. extremely lonely. It can feel like, why am I doing this work? Is this going to actually all pay off? You know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the things that guys are thinking through as they kind of are in that dark night of the soul so to speak, right? Um, But it's also interesting to hear you say that like it was that moment when you had your, your pistol next to you because some guys, they have, they almost have to keep bouncing off the ground, you know, mm. keep having, you know, but they don't wake up. They don't notice that these are like, oh, they get a D- DUI. Oh, they spend a night in jail. Oh, they lose custody of their child like over and over and over again. Mm. And not every single person the guy has, I feel like the courage to actually take those moments and kind of seize them. And instead they just kind of keep getting further down the rabbit hole. Right. And sometimes I feel like that's, it's, it is too, too bad that so many guys take their lives, you know, when they, when there's an option for growth. Um, but it takes a lot of, I feel like ownership, you know, a lot of responsibility. It takes a lot of, uh, desire to like, and, and, Emotional awareness to finally be like, all right, enough is enough, you know. And I, I value myself enough to keep showing up this way. So it's cool to know that you kind of made that shift during that, and then what that even looked like during those five years. Because I think that that journey can be so different from each guy, you know, whether it be plant-based medicines, or a coach, or a seminar, or a book, or a podcast, or YouTube content, or like finding a mentor. There's like so many different ways. There, There isn't just one way to do it, but it is nice also that, like, I'm hoping those guys are listening to this and, and they're resonating with your story and then realizing that you have, not only are you walking the talk, but you've also mapped out the journey that you can help them go through and save time, essentially, right? And that's some yeah. of your programs that you have?
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And just before we get into that, one thing yeah. that you're talking about is the journey is so different for everyone, right? Totally. For every man which is why principles are so important, right? Mm -hmm. Because principles allow you to see, okay, here's how this man did it. I don't have to follow this exact same way, but the principle is he created space for himself, right? So create space for yourself, be willing to look at yourself, be willing to do the work, right? And as long as you're willing to do those things, figure out what it is, what actions you need to take that align with who you want to be. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah, I mean, I'll let you ask me any specific questions you want to about the the program, but I just wanted to touch but, on that.
0: But that's a good point because it's like a what do you call it? It's like a waypoint or a, a a post, a guidepost, or something like that where you could see it way off in the future or way off in the distance. Let's say I'm okay, I'm I'm guided by these principles, but to get there, I can traverse, you know, and navigate the landscape. However, what? one guy might want to go right. Another guy might go left. You know, it doesn't really matter how you get there as long as you're still focused on those guiding principles. Right. Yeah.
1: And they're attached to an ethical and moral compass, right? You're not like destroying anybody in your path along the way right. to get there. Right? <laughs> as long as you're doing that, man, it's like, there's, I think the universe has to open up and, and provide for you. Right. And yeah. it's uh, but it rewards action at all times. Yeah. There's gotta be movement. And sometimes that action is just sit still for a minute and, you know pay attention to
0: yourself which sometimes is one of the harder things to do it sounds easy but like i feel like a lot of guys are doing anything they can (laughs) or they allow anything to come in in terms of forms of distraction to avoid that like still small voice or that like quietness that would kind of force them into looking in the mirror right or looking into their own lives i think that's that can be super scary but it's 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 the battle that kind of rages within that we have to to win. I think as men, otherwise, I do feel like distraction, mediocrity, any of that stuff will win out if we're not really intentional with like raising our game to that level of expect or uh, excellence that you talk about. For sure, yeah. So, mind and body, uh, your connections and your relationships, your ambition and your adventure kind of that hits upon some of those pillars yeah. that you talked about. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the four pillars
1: are within there. And um, those are the focus points of 100% of my life. And those are the, how I teach other men to build their lifestyle operating system within those pillars. So I love that. even though, even though I'm providing them the pillars, they need to understand that they, right. Any man listen to this, you are your guru. You are right. the hero of your own life. You own the journey. Totally. But it's OK sometimes to come into an environment where you can get support and accountability and a framework that allows you to find that for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so my mission is to provide that because I've been through it. I've been coaching for 21 years with a lot of people and understand the mental constructs that hold people back and that allow people to kind of rubber band and accelerate forward. Yeah. And um, there has to be focus. If there's unfractured focus and chaos, then there will always be that until you decide that you're going to slow down. And I keep saying this: create space for yourself. Only in that space can you can you find the energy or the next step to take to be able to say, "All right, what am I doing here that's not working?" Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I found that when I created these pillars, it, it gave men a focus point to say, like, "Okay." Now they can say, What am I doing <clears throat> as far as my strong self that's not working? Boom, yeah. we can focus there. Yeah. Right. Once that's dialed down, then we can say, What am I doing in my relationships? That's not working. Yeah. Right. You, you have these four points. And once you start to strengthen those pillars, you will really find a lot of people a lot of men think that you can only strengthen one at a time. All right, boom, let me get my, my focus in my relationships. Then the work suffers, strong yeah. self suffers. It doesn't yeah. have to be that way. As long as you're applying energy to all of them, they can all rise at the same time maybe at different speeds, but they can all rise together. And they and they actually should if we're doing it the right way. And that's what you know the lifestyle operating system is all about inside the program that I run called the mental shift. And, and it you know it takes eight weeks of very focused work every week to get this done. But at the end yeah. you emerge with this entirely rebuilt lifestyle mm-hmm. operating system that you can install in your life. Yeah. And um, it's I think it's uh I feel amazing delivering the work and the feedback that i get from the men is that they, the, they feel amazing being able to take action on the work because it changes
0: their lives. Oh, I can only imagine. And you answered one of my questions was like do you do you do you have guys start and just focusing on let's say the the physical health the the nutrition side of things before you start touching on but you already answered like no you can do them all simultaneously you can kind of you know turn each of those dials ramping them up. And then my next question, follow up to what you just said, is how is it delivered? Is it delivered in a one-on-one or a group coaching? Is it an evergreen program that they can do whenever they want? What does that look like in terms of the actual eight-week course? So the way I'm doing it right now is I want to be hands-on in the trenches with
1: every man who comes in to do this, okay? Yeah. So I do it cohort-based, cool. uh, up to 10 men in, in the cohort, which the next one starts on June 4th. Cool. Um, and the way I do it is every week I teach one part of the system. I give you action items to complete by the end of that week. Beautiful. And then you you turn in those action items and then, um, you know, we have the next call the, the next week. And so it just keeps building. By the end of that, you have this whole system that's built. Uh, and then, you know, during that eight weeks, uh, I offer opportunities for one on one calls with each of the guys that are in there because I want to make sure that they're implementing the way that they process stuff based on their personality and lifestyle, because it's a little different for everyone. And sometimes when you're in a group like that, um, that person may not ask a question that they really need to ask. So in the one-on-one setting, it comes out and it allows them to move forward. So I do everything I can to be in the trenches with these guys and coach them all the way through to the ends. And I'll do it that way for at least the next three cohorts and then decide, all right, is this something that can even be done in a more evergreen way or
0: any other kind of right now? I love being there with them. Yeah, I love that. I think that's pretty cool. So if a guy's listening to this after uh, June 4th of 2023, they can probably just check in with your website or your social to, to see when the next cohort cohort is meeting or you're taking on guys, applicants. Is that right? Yeah,
1: no doubt. I'll always at least have a waiting list going at yourmentalshift.com. So you can go to that that web address at any time, and there'll be a waiting list there. And um, yeah, if if registration is open for it or applications open for it, the page will look different at any time. But just go to yourmentalshift.com.
0: Yourmentalshift.com. See that. Okay. Um, Any any particular thought to? you know, your, your programs being geared towards a certain type of guy. Is it really geared towards any guy? Where, where do they need to be mentally for that to be a good fit? You know, is mm. it for everyone? Is it not for everyone? Just kind of like plain devil's advocate. Oh, I love I that question
1: because yeah, the way I I usually frame the language I use is yeah. ambitious, high achieving men. Now high achieving doesn't have to mean that you're making tons of money, right? Seven or eight figures. Um, but it means there's a certain mindset around, like, there's a, there's a certain man I want to be. I, I feel mm-hmm. like a high achiever, right. Mm-hmm. Um, ambitious. Like I know there's things I want to do. And I just, I feel stuck. I'm not able to get this stuff out. Um, I've been through some things, but I, I can, I can see where I want to go. I just don't know how to get there. So totally, totally. ambitious, high achieving men, because those are usually the men who, uh, have the, the biggest blocks in front of them, but mm-hmm. are willing to do the work. To to knock those blocks
0: down because they can see just on the other side that vision life that they're talking about. Mm. It kind of makes me think of that saying, like, if you want something to get done, ask a really busy person. Like those people are already expressing that they are they get shit done. And even they if do, they feel like right? they're overwhelmed, versus asking someone who has all the time in the world, you know, but that they've been kind of practicing kind of maybe some some more lazy you know, behavior, so to speak. So yeah, 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 that, you're exactly right. And when you can bring focus to that busy person, yeah, that's a superhero focus systems. Yeah. Some sort of mm-hmm. process framework, like you said. So that's cool. Okay. So that's good to good that I asked. It's really kind of helping guys that are already have some level of however you define success, you know, but they're moving the the ball down the field, maybe just not as quickly As they like to, you know, and they're just feeling something's missing. Don't let me put words in your mouth, but they need to, they need the accountability. They need some type of framework, you know, get in there with, for eight weeks and let you crank on, on things and help them. So they get cohort group stuff and they also get one-on-one stuff. Correct? Correct. Right. And then they get the
1: community of each other, right? Then the community I have is not on any social media site, So there's no distraction. When you
0: log into the community, you are there for one specific reason and there's focus. Cool. Cool. I love it. Let me ask you this, um, a little bit of a curveball. What's an area of your life, whether it be your relationships, your health, any of those, those kind of four areas in your toolbox that you're talking about, are you really working on like, what's, what are you working on to take your own life to the next mm. level? Assuming that you, you never end, you never stop never yourselves. Stopped. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My biggest area that I'm working on right now is relationships right Mm. connections like this with you relationships with my kids um relationships with i have grandkids that are that are i have one actually two grandkids that are here i'll have a third by september crazy uh so relationships with them like how can i influence how they're brought up yeah uh relationship with my parents they moved to south padre because they're retired so they're a little further away further away than they Mm -hmm. used to be Mm -hmm. um making time to go down and see them and really connect with them uh relationships with my brothers with with people who are really good friends in my life that maybe we haven't connected the way that I feel a deep relationship should, but instead of saying, Hey, we haven't connected like a deep relationship would just bringing that, bringing that energy to it. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: that's, that's my biggest focus right now is relationships and um, yeah, it feels good to be, to be evolving there in that area.
0: No, I can imagine. Uh, And it's also, I think, noteworthy enough for like guys that maybe feel like they're overwhelmed They've got so much stuff going on. It's kind of cool to hear you say, just to be so intentional with what you're working on. You know, you're working on relationships, romantic, platonic relationships with your, you know, kids, grandkids, family, everything else in that regard. But I also feel like for some guys that maybe are overwhelmed and have just so much stuff going on, that can be like, oh man, like... That's just one more thing to to put on their to-do list. And I do feel like sometimes, um, or not sometimes, most often stepping into a cohort like what you've got going on is the structure, is the accountability, it's the brotherhood, it's the ability to talk about the things that they've got going through. Even though they might feel like they don't have the time, they kind of don't have the time not to. Otherwise, they're going to keep doing exactly what they're doing, right? So to be able to get into, then they will, I think they've very shortly thereafter be able to have that same type of
2: hmm.
0: uh, answer or delivery that you just gave. Just like, yeah, actually I'm working on this with my intimate partner. I'm working on this with my nutrition. I'm working on this with like scheduling time for adventure with my, with my kids. It's like, no doubt. To, to be able to rattle that off shows a level of sophistication and organization that I think you clearly express and and that you, you know, walk your talk. That Probably a lot of guys are lacking. And that I think also results in a lack of feeling like, um, they're truly expressing their masculinity or their manhood where they feel kind of lost and adrift and not exactly sure Mm, where they're going in life. Right. Where the masculine, healthy masculine is decisive. It's clear. It's on point. It's driven right for all the, the the important parts. So I love it, dude. I think your, your program sounds dope. It sounds like it's going to be, yeah, absolutely. That, uh, Super influential for all the guys that really, really need it. And I know there's a lot of guys that listen to this that could step into that for sure. So you said yourmentalshift.com?
1: Yourmentalshift.com.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's great. And then is there links to your socials or what's the best way to even connect with you if they have more questions or whatnot? So on all platforms, uh, mainly Instagram and uh, Facebook, those are
1: the two I use the most, but Instagram yeah, the most. I'm, I'm at the committed man. Okay, um, and then the committedman.com is the main site. so uh, okay. and then your your mental
0: shift is just a very specific landing page for the actual program, the actual program. Okay. right. That right. makes it pretty it's pretty simple. Uh, IG for the most part, which makes sense that yeah. your website and your your program is that Dude, thank you for for joining for, uh, sharing your story. I know there's so much that I actually wanted to like, I don't know, I geek out. on like, Oh, what, what was that like with your parents? And what was that like with your ex and this and that, what was it like to have a kid when you were so young and all those fears, there's so many things that we could get into it. would be, end up being like a three hour conversation. Um, so we'll, we'll save that for part two and part three, uh, having you back on, but I appreciate just getting the, the, the breadth of your journey from going from like, yeah, dabbling in some, some not so healthy things from for sure. drugs and gangs and just the friend group that you were in um, back in the day and your teens to be able to wake up from that. And now, as they say, turn your message your message. is pretty inspiring though. So thank you for being here, man. And thanks for sharing all that good stuff. Thank you, man. I appreciate you giving me the space to share the
1: story and, and hopefully it's, it's able to, to impact uh, at least one man in your audience and uh yeah, I'd love to just get on and jam with you one day because I feel like we have some connection points that we can just share and jam. For and sure. I'm I'm open to you just recording and you can you can use it for whatever, man. But <laughs> um yeah, I'm I'm down to keep connecting, bro.
0: I love that. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you so much. Um guys, do yourself a favor, jump on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, his website, whichever the committed man, the committed, whatever, man. yeah, whatever social that you're on. Um start surrounding yourself. Obviously you're, you're listening to it now. Uh, part of that, I think is really weeding out all the distractions that are unhealthy and surround yourself with men who are walking the talk and, and Donovan's definitely is. So Donovan, thank you again, brother. So much looking forward to having you back on soon, but, uh, guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for joining us on the becoming Kings podcast. I'm your host, Johnny King. We'll talk soon. Cheers. or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man. I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyKing.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King, and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.